Yeah, you... we never we never talk. That's why. Look, okay. You want the tea? You no. Okay, you once said to me that you liked when we were mean to each other. So strap in, bitch. I'm gonna <laughs> drag you for just a minute. <laughs> okay. Because you managed to stream almost like every fucking day, but you didn't make time to record with me. I'm just saying. Uh. For two I... weeks. I do apologize that I had some deep trauma situated okay. in the room where I okay. record. But that's cool. I could just <laughs> get on and, and and stream and play my little video games and talk to people like it's fine. But I can't talk to Casey. I talk all the time. The whole time. Look, I'm just saying you make it clear where I rank. <laughs> I text you a hundred times every day. <laughs> other words, bitch. Um, yeah, I, seriously though, I do want to say congratulations because I, I didn't get to say it before on making affiliate. It's been uh, a while, thank you. so yeah, public announcement. And I'm glad <laughs> of that. Yeah, I am too. Speaking of Twitch, though, I do gotta say I'm I'm now at the point of like insta unsubbing people who are talking while they eat while they're streaming. They're just like, and I'm not gonna do this. And I'm like, yes, please stop. No, like, yeah, it's it's one thing to be eating while you're streaming but like don't be don't. talking and eating and streaming and then, and then there are some people who are like playing with other people who do it and i'm just like please tell your fucking people tell your yeah. fucking friends to close their fucking mouths while they're fucking chewing yeah i i mean you also know my uh my situation yeah you also have you also have that <laughs> that auditory which a lot <laughs> I, of people do I was going to say this literally had ruined friendships for me because you remember when we used to play a certain spooky game with a certain unnamed bitch who would constantly fucking belch during my streams. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. We live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> Keep but... your mouth shut while you're eating and mute your mic while, when you burp. At the very least, excuse yourself when yeah. you burp into my microphone. Uh, if it's a surprise, you know, I, that happens. Can yeah. you imagine if I just had peanut butter mouth while I was telling you about someone's dead spouse or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then she called her husband. <laughs> but I mean, Stop it. April Fool's Day episode. Oh, God. It's just me eating a peanut butter marshmallow sandwich. <laughs> I keep looking at that possum outside and I'm like, if they're cold, you're cold. Bring them inside. That's right. <laughs> I got to play with some possums before. I got to hold them in my little hands. Are they like coarse? Yeah. That's Have what you I kind of a squirrel? No. Oh, well, it's kind of like that. I've touched a rat. I think rats are softer. At least domestic rats. Um, It's kind of like a wiry I've... hair dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like rat. Probably, yeah. Oh, he's curling up to go to sleep. That's <laughs> cute. Welcome to the strange and unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. And possums. And, and possums, yes. <laughs> this is episode 150 of our series, taking out the weird, the unexplained, and the devious from around the world. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. And as we are all no doubt aware, May is Arthritis Awareness Month. So with that in mind, Roya and I will be spending the next two weeks telling you some thrilling ghost stories. 
Don't forget to find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. Just search for various versions of the Strange Unusual podcast. They will be at the end of the show and also in our show notes. And also join us over on patreon.com slash strange unusual. We are picking up with our polls again this month. Um, we are doing watch parties. We're hanging out and we're having a good time sharing the dank memes, talking about books. It's a good time. Yeah. It's very chill, uh, nice group of people that we have in there currently. Also we have a new vibing. member this month, too. Oh, yeah. We got to remember to throw that at the end. Or do you want to do it now? <clears throat> so then we can do it at the end. Okay. That's where we always do it. <laughs> okay i was just giving you the option god so would you like to hear about what's happening this month or this week my this episode <laughs> yes we woo germany oh. i'm kidding i'm kidding Damn. uh monsters an inordinate and inappropriate use of uh animal corpses spoops alchemy the aristocracy and the clergy and poorly produced ghost hunting shows the best kind <laughs> Now, I, I did roi- uh, blah, 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 blah. Hold on. The cat is in the litter box. You done? You're going to have the poop zoomies now? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I did warn Roya earlier. Uh, my sleep schedule and mental health had uh, been steadily declining while I wrote these notes over the last few weeks. Uh, so hopefully I won't end up in the Grippy Sock Hotel. And just to be prepared, these notes follow a very similar pattern. We will be getting progressively more unhinged as we go along, so just hang on to your butts. So as I mentioned today, uh, we're talking ghost stories, and I'm going to be telling you a little bit about the mysteries of Frankenstein's castle. Spoiler alert, not super mysterious. So let's start. Yeah, it's a little disappointing. Let's start with the castle, though. First off, let's break down the name, Frankenstein Castle. First off, we have Frank a reference to the Germanic tribe, the Franks or Franks, and the word Stein, which means stone and is common in all types of names of landscapes, places all over Germany. So Frankenstein or Stone of the Franks is is a term that's pretty common uh, for castles within the region. Secondly, it's super heckin' old, like somewhere between 1240 and 1250 old. Wow. Thank you for. Wow. I mean, what do you want me to say? Boy, howdy, that's real. Because I thought I was going to clear my throat and I just. Wow. I thought you sucked because you wanted a response. I really appreciate that really genuine reaction. (laughs) It's not disingenuine, (laughs) it sounded a little. I'm going to have to do that during your episode. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So it's super old. Uh, it was built for a man, gentleman, aristocrat named Lord Conrad II, Rees of Bruberg, uh in, I'm sorry, Rise of Bruberg, um, in the mountainous area called the Odenwald, known for its dark forests and narrow valleys overlooking the city of Darmstadt in Germany. I see why you picked this case. It's because you wanted to practice your German. Got it. Uh, no. I don't speak any German in this episode, other than to say the names of things. Ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. It was first mentioned in documentation in 1252, but there's some suggestion that the spot had been the home of another castle, like 200 years earlier, and that Castle Frankenstein was built on or near those ruins. Later, it was expanded and actually housed two separate families, and it was sold off in the 1600s and later used as a refuge and hospital during the wars of conquest of 
Louis XIV of France before falling into ruin in the mid-1800s. It was restored, but it's not like an accurate restoration. It's not like to its original state. Uh, All that remains now are two original towers, some ruined walls, and a chapel. So I actually read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or The Modern Prometheus at the end of last year. So when this popped up and I was looking for a topic, I was pretty intrigued. It's, it had been a while since I read it. I was just like, man, I love this fucking book. So <laughs> everyone knows the story's plot. But just to summarize, Victor Frankenstein, student of natural philosophy and chemistry, is consumed by the desire to discover the secret of life. He pieces together a creature of out of old body parts and brings it to life before promptly abandoning it because it's ugly. <laughs> uh, he runs away and the monster disappears by the time he comes back. Uh, the creature is all pissed off and he's all grumpy about it and he um has something of his own adventure seeking out victor for revenge they eventually have a sit down the creature says dude i I just want a friend you made me an uggo and i'm lonely and victor's (laughs) like yeah okay yo uh, did i say okay actually i meant no and so (laughs) the creature kills a bunch of people victor decides to hunt the monster down in the ultimate dad move screaming i brought you into this world i can take you out of it um one more important thing to note (laughs) is that Victor does not live in a castle in Germany. He's actually from Geneva, which is in Switzerland. And from what I recall, it's more of an estate than a castle. And this is one of many differences between the classic film retelling of the novel. Um, Shelley's creature was born eight feet tall with an incredible strength uh, and throughout the story becomes intelligent, eloquent, and sensitive, where the Boris Karloff monster is neither intelligent nor articulate. And there's no Igor. Yeah, I remember being really surprised when I read Frankenstein. I think I read it in high school. Um, yeah. And we watched a movie adaptation of it. It wasn't the so different. the original one. Yeah. Well, we we watched one that was actually supposed to be like an adaptation of the novel, like a miniseries. Not, oh, okay. Not like a, a Hollywood adaptation of it. And I just remember being so surprised because I grew up with the like... <clears throat> The idea that Frankenstein was like, Frankenstein's monster was like this, you know, inarticulate, bumbling around, like, afraid of fire, like, those kinds of things. And uh, reading the book, I was like, oh, he's actually a really tragic character. Yeah. Got it. Like, Like, he really just wants to have friends. And rereading it this past year, it was like, I was like, man, this this probably is my favorite classic. Like it was, it might've just been at the time I was so also in my feels and like so depressed and feeling very alone. And I yeah. just really was like, this dude, I get him. <laughs> I just want a friend. Uh, anyway, so there, there's speculation that Mary Shelley, who you may also remember from our vampire episode, uh, she wrote this ghost story as a contest piece uh, that was, part of the party of Lord Byron amongst friends while staying in Geneva. And this was allegedly inspired by the legends surrounding Frankenstein's castle while previously visiting Germany. Um, One National Geographic article... (laughs) One National (laughs) Geographic article claimed in 1814, a few days after her 17th birthday, Mary Shelley very likely gazed up at the fortress during several hours of her party spent resting in the town. Uh, this is this no longer surprises me. Uh, I found a TikTok that pointed to an article from a freelance journalist uh, on the rise of paganism in Nat Geo, which started with 
Centuries ago, Wiccans traveled windy moors to worship the horned god. It has since been updated to say centuries ago, ancient Celts traveled Windy's mo- windy moors. Uh, but but I'm on a familiar enough uh, basis with historical Celtic paganism. And to make a judgment call... I'm sorry, hold on, rewind. Uh, I'm not familiar enough <laughs> with historical <laughs> Celtic paganism okay. uh, to make a judgment call on whether or not that's better. But I do know Wiccans were definitely not there. No. Uh, I Wiccans, thought that- that's like a modern yeah, yeah, yeah adaptation. Yeah. It's sort of like taking a bunch the of 50s. different pagan. It's like kind of taking a bunch of different pagan ideas and sort of mushing them into yeah. one idea. I always thought Nat Geo was going to be a good source of information for me with these podcast episodes because you know it's Nat Geo, but I forgot they were purchased by Disney in nineteen in nineteen. Oh my god, twenty nineteen, and evidently they don't use fact checkers. So yeah paganism on the rise check out that article (laughs) anyway so to be absolutely clear that is purely speculation about mary shelley i have no proof that she heard any stories surrounding the castle and its inhabitants it doesn't seem like it was mentioned in any of her personal writings at all but it's also not to say that there isn't reason for people to speculate even if there is essentially no historical validity to the claim uh there's an additional piece of the speculation that Shelley based the novel, at least to some extent, on the electrical experiments done by Benjamin Franklin. Because Franklin that makes did, sense. He did indeed work with electricity, as we know. Um, his experiments with electricity led other scientists to take it even further, including animating dead animal tissue. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes sense that you, you know, so frequently we can see science fiction start to emulate where people think things could go mm-hmm. in the future. Like, what could this end up being, you know? Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek and cell phones. Yeah, Star Trek and tablets. Star Trek, Star Trek, Trek and everything. And, yeah, Star Trek and so many different things. But, like, even outside of, like, just how cars would become mm-hmm. so readily available and accessible to everyone the idea of highways like that we see starting to pop up in earlier uh science fiction before those things were hugely popular you know the idea of that uh even of of global warming and that you know eventually there could be something catastrophic that causes the sun to explode or the water the the water to rise mm-hmm. or you know like all these different things that have turned out to potentially be the future of earth unfortunately but we're we're just like where can this get we've noticed this thing mm-hmm. like we've noticed that you know every every five years this ravine gets deeper because the water is running through it to what end is that ravine going to continue to get deeper will it get deeper forever you know it's that there's there's the science in science fiction for a reason so it makes sense that it would be the first science fiction novel would be influenced by a scientist well and and franklin wasn't the only one because there's one uh new york times article that i read uh, one such man was Italian physiologist Luigi Galvani, which That's I wanted an Italian to name. I wanted to say it like they do in the Glorious Bastards, <laughs> Luigi Galvani. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, in the article, uh, which was called Conceiving Frankenstein, it said that Galvani, quote, hung dead, hung? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it said that Galvani hung dead frogs from his balcony during a thunderstorm. The animals were impaled on metal hooks intended to attract light, uh, like electrical charges as the storm flashed its way across town. In response to a lightning strike or a boom of thunder, their legs, quote, twitched in a way that made them seem as if they were ready to hop off the balcony and into the streets below. I mean, that tracks. And and then his nephew went on to demonstrate that experiment also worked on human bodies. Oh, good. Uh, He went on to try to resuscitate a cadaver uh, during a public demonstration in London using electrodes and a battery. Quote, the experiment failed, but descriptions of the body's responses, the opening of an eye, the turning of the head, the convulsive tremors and limbs spread. And Franklin's electrical experiments were evidently so famous that the novel's original readers back in 1818 would have known of that connection. Plus, she was the daughter of two intellectuals, and Percy Shelley was known to take part in his own electrical experiments. It's incredibly likely that she would have known enough about these theories and experiments of resurrectionist study. Therefore, it's very possible that this connection to Franklin, to Frankenstein, is genuine. Yeah, I mean, and when you think about it, like, it sounds so alien or so so strange that people would be interested in this or would be trying this, but, like, what else are... are electroshock pad like to resuscitate somebody it's literally where this science that originates here in in something that seems so macabre has developed into something that is used every day around the world to to resuscitate people you know it's the same it's the same thing it's just more specialized yeah Uh, So in the introduction of the book, it states that it was a nightmare about a scientist and a man-made monster that inspired the story. But though it's signed with Mary's name, it's actually thought to have been written by Percy. Quote, I saw with shut eyes but acute mental vision. I saw the pale student of unhallowed arts kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then on the working of some powerful engine show signs of life and stir with an uneasy half vital motion. Frightful must it be for supremely frightful would be the effect of any human endeavor to mock the stupendous mechanism of the creator of the world. Now, the resident of Frankenstein's castle, who is often credited as Shelley's inspiration, is a fella by the name of Johann Conrad Dippelbaum Frankenstein. <laughs> From here on out, called Dipple. Dipple. <laughs> yeah. This is the way. <laughs> Unlike Vlad Tepes to Dracula, this comparison is dubious at best, actual fiction at worst. Uh, but the story of his experiments may have grown by the time of their visit as traveled by the as they traveled by the Rhine. Uh, there's some speculation that the Brothers Grimm also may have shared Dipple's story with Mary Shelley's stepmother, who was an English translator of fairy tales. And that was how the story got spread to Mary Shelley. Uh, but Radu Florescu, hope I said that right, sir. Um, he claims in his book, In the Search of Frankenstein, that Mary and Percy toured a nearby village with students of the University of Strasbourg, uh, where Dipple had been an alumni, and they were very familiar with literary types in the area. So either of those groups of people might may have shared the infamous stories as well. What kinds of stories, I hear you asking? Wow. Well, according to Alice Obscura, <laughs> Dipple was rumored to create potions, 
perform electrical therapies and partake in gruesome experiments involving stolen body parts from the graveyard. I mean, it's kind of the time period for that, yeah, right? That's normal. <laughs> Dipple was born in the castle, Frankenstein, in 1673, and he eventually became its official alchemist. According what to a Wikipedia- job title, though. Yeah, right? Uh, so according to Wikipedia, he was not only an alchemist, but also a theologian, a physician, an occultist, as well as possibly having a hand in the first synthesis of Prussian blue, the pigment then used in paint. Evidently, he also liked to get in fights with clergy members uh, for not publishing his works. And at I mean, one point, yeah, one point he served <laughs> seven years for heresy. So what What a man. What a hero. I Dipple. mean, until, until proven otherwise, yes. Uh, one article from the BBC claims that Dipple, da- Dipple dabbled. <laughs> Didn't mean to write that, but it's perfect. Dipple dabbled in elixirs and experiments. Seeking- That's a- seeking the secret to immortality essentially uh so he uh he often used animal cadavers and he made something called the quote elixir of life which he called dipple's oil Uh, it's all about branding my man dipple he knows what's up my friend cam said uh the progression of alchemy from let's make some gold to literal snake oil salesman feels a lot like the kip the crypto bro pipeline (laughs) uh it was made from a distillation of horns blood leather and ivory and he claimed it could be used to cure everything from epilepsy to the common cold he also believed it would make poisons or he also believed he could make poisons to exercise demons uh dipple believed in the ability to transfer souls with the use of a funnel hose and lubricant (laughs) oh god I don't want to know where that goes. Soul transference with cadavers was common experiment was a common experiment among alchemists at the time, but there is nothing that confirms he actually attempted such a feat. However, <laughs> uh, that de- that didn't stop one former supporter of him calling him a quote most vile devil who attempted wicked things. I bet rumors spread that he was a grave robber experimenting on cadavers, and that he even sold his soul to the devil in exchange for secret knowledge. I mean, you're going to sell your soul to the devil for something. It might as well be secret knowledge. As far as... Oh my who's God. really who's really the, the victim of you selling your soul? For, for secret knowledge. For secret knowledge. <laughs> Sorry if you hear... My cat really does have the zoomies behind me right now. It is very <laughs> distracting to me, but... Uh, Sorry. So as far as I could tell, there is no evidence that he performed Frankenstein-like experiments on human cadavers, but he was unpopular with the clergy and the locals, so it's easy to see how such information would be spread and why it's claimed that some locals believed that Dipple did, in fact, pull a Frankie on him. That Dipple did dabble in Frankenstein. He did did dabble. He did do a dabble. (laughs) Dipple died. Dipple died of a stroke. In 1734, just one year after publishing, it claimed that he would live to be 135. Uh, that was at the Castle Wit... I'm sorry. <clears throat> that was at the Castle Wittgenstein, not Castle Frankenstein, uh, but there's speculation that he may have been poisoned. And despite the fact that he didn't die there, there's belief that his spirit still haunts Castle Frankenstein. Uh, as for Dibble... For the inspiration of Victor, it's a lot less clear than, say, the inspiration of Vlad the Impaler on Stoker's Dracula, as I said. Uh, There are legends that surround the castle, though, 
uh, for instance, there's an alleged fountain of youth on the castle grounds. I was listening to a podcast called Your Haunted Holiday, which was a very fun listen. I would suggest it. Uh, But they mentioned that there's a tradition around Walpurgis Night. Uh, This takes place uh, around Beltane. It's like the April 30th to May 1st, uh, coincidentally, is Hexenach where witches hang out on a mountain and the devil is there and they just say, hey, spring, what's up? What's up, spring? Uh, According to the podcast, the full moon after that night, old women would go from nearby villages to undergo tests of courage. Whoever succeeded would return to the age she had been on her wedding night, rejuvenated. Man, it really sucks if you got married a second time, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you get to differentiate? I want the first time. (laughs) (laughs) you get to negotiate with the devil on how courageous you were he's just greeting spring man he's a little busy he's like what up spring Spring. uh then there's like wow (laughs) wow (laughs) i'm making you more and more owen wilson as we go (laughs) yep (laughs) uh so then there's a story that i read uh from a a source for the Rhine Main region, which tells it's like a news source. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. A news source from the Rhine Main region, which tells of a knight named George, also called Schorsch, uh, who fought a dragon to save his lady. But then the dragon killed the knight in agony, and his lady, Anne Marie, died of grief. Remember oh, this story go. for later. It's important. Uh, they talk about it a little bit in the podcast, too. They said the dragon lived in the castle garden and would eat villagers. Apparently, the fight went on for hours, and George did kill the dragon, but the dragon managed to pierce George with his pointy poison tail. And allegedly, the townspeople were so pleased uh, with the fact that George killed this dragon that they buried him in the chapel of the castle frankenstein another weird thing about the area is that there's a section of forest behind the castle where compasses don't work properly due to magnetic stone formations uh, of natural origins we've talked about that before that was in is that an i don't remember where that was you talked about it there were aliens involved i remember that oh yeah the canary islands or something that, i think I that's think. what it was uh so yeah it's claimed that locals will practice rituals at these magnetic places on special occasions like uh walpurgis night or the summer solstice but the stones can be visited by the public just don't fuck with the local witches if you're practicing there or if they are practicing there just don't don't fuck with witches that's probably good advice all around yeah that's pretty it's it's right up there with like you know don't don't give your name to a fae yeah probably not a great idea don't don't smash a mushroom circle in the middle of the woods. Just leave it alone. Even if you don't believe in it, why risk it? Don't yeah. play with a Ouija board. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in it, why risk it? But legend has it that this area is actually the second most important meeting place for witches in Germany after Mount Brocken, where they greet spring with Satan. Uh, there are a lot of different sources claiming that the site is haunted, though finding actual information on any hauntings was vague to say the least. Man, can the, I just say the the dream work world where you only had to meet your boss once a year? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's just that. like a party. It's just like a get together. I would love that. <laughs> but yeah, so hauntings, not really, not really listed. They made some up for TV, though. They certainly did. Well, let me tell you what I found first. Uh, Dipple haunting the laboratory. People visit and they say, hey, he, somebody's throwing rocks at us. Uh... Dipple Most dabbles of my, in rock throwing. 
That's right. Uh, however, most of my research for hauntings ended up with more information on haunted houses at the castle Frankenstein. Uh, so the U.S. soldiers who um, were there for, I don't know, one of the wars, they created an annual <laughs> Halloween festival at Castle Frankenstein, which remains Germany's largest Halloween festival to this day, especially as Germany hasn't traditionally celebrated Halloween. According to the BBC, U.S. troops were stationed there uh, at the nearby uh, Rhein-Main uh, Air Force Base during World War II, when their annual Halloween uh, celebrations became a bit too rowdy for the barracks. In 1978, the soldiers moved their party to Castle Frankenstein, and the tradition stuck ever since. So it's been around for a while. Uh, until it was deactivated, the U.S. Army's 20... or er, 233rd Base Support Battalion in Darmstadt conducted an annual Frankenstein Castle run, which finished at the towers. But anyway, without any proper internet reporting of the Franken haunts, uh, I had to turn to the experts. The ghost hunters. Yeah. International. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> so in 2008, there was an investigation for season one, episode seven of the spinoff series, ghost hunters international I feel like i watched this like it was like a live it like... was so bad i watched it i went i i got peacock for a month for this <laughs> um but it the the def the the description of the episode is macabre rumors of witchcraft wandering spirits and grave robbing give g H I and special guest investigator Josh Gates of Destination Truth plenty to dig into at the real Frankenstein's castle in Germany. We get uh Rob Damarist and Andy Andrews as the lead investigators. There were additional investigators, uh Shannon Sylvia and Barry Fitzgerald. Donna LaCroix was the case manager. Uh there's a guy named Jorg Heyer. I don't know, maybe that he was a historian. Uh, Brian Hernois is the tech manager and their guest, Josh Gates, was the host for and worked as a cryptozoologist on the show Destination Truth. Ragtag bunch of white people. <laughs> so <laughs> these idiots roll up to Frankenstein's castle and in their overview, you know, they're in the back of the car talking about what the case is going to be the guys in front driving and donna's giving them the rundown and she's like the castle was the inspiration for frankenstein and they bring up dipple and the rumors of his dabbling in the day <laughs> the, the grave digging uh and she's like he died in the castle and i'm like i fucking know better bitch <laughs> um the lie detector test determined that was a lie. Donna out here lying to the audience. Uh, but she claims that the castle is not only haunted by Dipple's ghosts, but the ghosts uh, of people that he, he dug up. Again, no evidence he actually did that. And he definitely didn't die in that castle. Uh, they meet the Frankenstein expert named Walter Schiel. And he tells them Dipple's ghost takes a stroll on the roof on the chapel at midnight. He tells them the chapel has been... I was waiting for the wow. I was really hoping you were going to hit me with Sorry. it again. <laughs> uh, he tells them the chapel has been kept the same since the Middle Ages, which, of course, is the period in European history where uh, from the collapse of Roman civilization in the 5th century CE to the period of the Renaissance, something like 14, 15th century, depending on where you live. Um, uh, so in the chapel, there's this stone figure against the wall that depicts, quote, Lord George, only in Walter's story, uh, George is the last of the Frankenstein knights. 
As Walter would tell it, 20-year-old George got himself perished not by a dragon, but by being thrown from a carriage and breaking his neck. Way less cool. He also tells them that people have claimed to hear George whining about how sad it is to die young and alone. (laughs) Try living young and alone, my dude. That's my life. I'm literally living the life of the creature. (laughs) I'm just saying, like... (laughs) whining about living sad and alone or dying young and alone or whatever i'm like that doesn't sound like a whine that sounds like an actual like sad thing look look those are my words not theirs oh okay (laughs) but also billy joel would tell you that only the good die young which is why i'm still fucking alive (laughs) so outside in the courtyard area um there have been witnesses claiming that two ghosts have thrown rocks at them from the tower, and a woman named Ava Newbacher says that she actually felt this disturbing sensation of ants crawling on her or something. Like, she felt bugs. Same. Yeah. So, <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> That's a big mood. <laughs> then they go to one of the towers. Uh, this one is called Anna Marie or Anne Marie's tower. And according to our friend Walter, the ghost of Anne Marie sits in the tower naked, crying out for George. Doesn't uh, the, seem like he was so alone then. Right? The words he uses to describe this ghost. This is not a joke. Nice, young, and spicy. Wow. Okay. Also, to further drive home the fact that this show takes place in 2008, the cryptozoologist, Jason or Josh or whatever his fucking name was, literally says, if there's a naked girl in this room, I will find her. I was like, (laughs) mad gross, Joe. It's like that. that, I had the Drew F. Wallow face. (laughs) Just like everybody, everybody heard the face right? Everybody heard me do the face. (laughs) Anyway, so the team, who apparently can't even do as much as research as I have done, still gets their own TV show, thinks this is plenty of information to go on, and they set up their shit for the night. The chapel is set up with cameras, and they they keep calling them DVRs, and I keep thinking like TiVo shit, right? But they mean <laughs> digital video recorders, which are fucking cameras. And they are aimed toward this stone cut of allegedly Lord George. And Donna and Shannon are shown in their pews. And they're like waiting to see if they hear George cry about his sad young death. And while Shannon's like chatting with George, Donna claims to see a shadow of someone standing up behind Shannon. She thought it was Shannon standing, except that there is no creak of the pew. And she tells the camera, I can't explain what happened. I can't explain it. And I'm like, next. (laughs) Next, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So then Rob and Andy decide they're going to come in and try again. They both claim to notice that things get darker at the window and uh, like where it looks outside. Uh, That window was 30 to 40 feet from the ground, so it wasn't like somebody just walked past. But bear in mind, it's past 10 p.m. at this point. So, yeah, it's fucking dark, my dudes. Sorry. A group goes in for the third time and they sense a, quote, heavy presence of, like, being unwanted in the room. There was a potential flash of light from the candles. Again, Donna feels this presence of someone or a shadow of someone walking behind her. And the fourth time they were in there, they hear what they believe is someone jiggling the door handle. And they try to recreate and the sound and determine that it wasn't the wind or something that could have happened on its own. It had to be someone's hand shaking the door handle. That's about as spicy as it gets, (laughs) y'all. 
In Anne Marie's tower, Donna, Jim, and Barry are trying to connect with the spirits they believe reside there, asking for a sign from either Dipple or Anne Marie. Are you waiting for George, or did you actually do these experiments? That's what they're asking. And I'm clearly not a Dipple expert, but again, they keep calling Dipple Frankenstein. And at one point even ask him to confirm that he killed himself, which is a weird trick question for a ghost or just inaccurate information because he didn't kill himself and he didn't die in the castle. Walter, what are you telling these people? They're just <laughs> poor white American white people. They don't know any better. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I got really upset about this. I mean, I can tell you one thing. They're not poor. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, we should do a ghost hunting show. Ghost facers. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Stevie. You need to fucking chill. Stevie crimes are happening. Anyway, so they also insinuate that like he was um, he was playing around with explosive liquid, uh, nitroglycerin at one point, even though nitroglycerin was first made by Ancina Sobrero in 1846. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. At one point, there's a guy on the team, Brian, in the top secret Dipple laboratory, who is literally trying to instigate a, a ghost, calling the potential spirit an asshole, snapping his fingers, waving the flashlight around, etc. Um, what did you say earlier? D- just don't. Don't tempt it. Don't try it. Leave it alone. That's I, not what I, these shows are about, though. I would have loved if this ghost kicked this dude's ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> outside in front of the second tower called Satan's Tower, ironically enough. They realize that the facade of the tower is crumbling and brittle, so it pulls away easily like soft sedimentary rock, like a shale or something. And they do another EVP session here, and then they climb into an area where they're not supposed to be because they're filled with that white people audacity. Um, And they end up just conjecturing about the wind or heavily shut doors, uh, causing a similar effect of like this crumbling and making it appear as though rocks are being thrown. Um, Though I suppose you can't write off the possibility of a ghost throwing rocks. If you're someone who believes in ghosts. Yeah. They do end up getting some stuff on the EVP. They play the first recording, passing the headphones around, and three white men who listen to it all agree it doesn't sound like English. Which is certainly a surprise when you're in a German castle that it doesn't sound (laughs) like English. Uh, They later identified these phrases as German, meaning Arbo is here, which is literally Arbo is here. Very difficult English to understand. (laughs) Arbo is here. Arbo is here. I got nothing. Okay. So Walter is consulted and he interpreted. He's the one who interprets this very difficult German phrase. Um, And he tells them Arbo is short for Arbogast, which is the name of one of the knights of the castle. One of the first they knew of on the site with documentation to back up the claim of the knight was Arbogast and was in fact there. So Walter thinks that Arbo was claiming he had no intention of leaving. Like, this is my spot. GTFO. Can you imagine if a ghost said GTFO? That would be so good. <laughs> I a mean, second millennial ghosts. That's right. We need, we need more representation. <laughs> <laughs> a second soundbite was played, which sounded like a whisper. And they all agree it sounds hostile. I thought the whisper sounded like a whisper. Um, it was interpreted to mean, come here, which is, you guessed it, come to you. Walter says this stuff, this is not aggressive. It's not an aggressive whisper. And they were all going to pick up the sound of the door handle jiggling that I mentioned. John tells Walter how disappointed he was that they didn't find the naked woman. 
I, I, I literally just threw in random J names after he said that. I was like, this man does not deserve John, Josh, Jacob, Jingleheimer, Smith. I don't even know. He's gross. <laughs> and I'm, I hope his career is done. Uh, so that was kind of it. Yeah. I, I've had my own experiences with what I believe to be the supernatural. And I'm certain that a place that is 750 plus years old is going to have its stories. But Ghost Hunters International, I don't think you did it. <laughs> so if you would like to visit Frankenstein's Castle, it is open to the public with free admission and parking. There's a restaurant which actually includes vegan options. And there's a dinner theater. Just don't be surprised when it's in German, not in English. I mentioned earlier, uh, there is a big Halloween shindig every year. You can even plan your own event, like weddings there, uh, company celebrations, birthday parties. So yeah, you that's it. Just being the, the creepy little kid who like has their birthday party at Frankenstein's Castle. Did you say, can I imagine? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Which one of us just got married in a cemetery? Me. <laughs> But yes, uh, you can you can go to Frankenstein's Castle, and I, I hope that you are absolutely aghast at how disappointing the hauntings of Frankenstein's Castle truly seem to be. The end. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised that there's not a ton of haunting reports or anything, especially because it all seems very, um, it might have been the inspiration, but also might not have been. And this- right. This weird stuff could have happened there, but it also might not have, you know, like, <laughs> which is a lot of stories a lot from of that everything. time period. Yeah. Um, especially because, you know, it's playing, history is like playing a game of telephone. Like, history has its eyes on you. That was a choice. <laughs> I've been singing a lot of Hamilton lately. Oh, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> I don't know. I looked like Veronica from the TikToks. No, I I didn't. (laughs) I mean, cut this out because obviously it's not going to make any sense to anybody, but like without (laughs) seeing it. But I did it. I saw myself in the camera. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) I'm not doing that, Deborah. (laughs) Okay, Deborah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What were we saying <laughs> before I got terribly distracted? I'm doing a number of TikTok impressions today, apparently. No, I was just saying that uh, the history is kind of like playing a game of telephone. Like, the longer yes. you get from, from the original source material, the more obscure and twisted and weird it becomes. It's like Lalori. Yeah. Or, you know, and even, even Lalori was still a relatively recent... In the grand scheme of things, we're not looking at a 700-year-old case here. We're looking at something that happened in the last, you know, 250 years, 300 years. And it's still like, she was doing all these crazy experiments. She wasn't doing anything. She, yeah. she owned slaves, which is like, yeah, that's awful. Like, but like, Like you know, everybody else did that <laughs> yeah, year. Like, but like everyone else did at that time period. And so... Not that that makes it okay. No. It just doesn't make it exceptional. No, it's not like someone owning slaves in 2023. Yeah. But yeah, and so I think that there's a little bit of a, you know, you could get through all of this and it turns out that like, you know, what Dipple was dabbling in was something along the lines of like, you know, like Newt or or another, another scientist of the time period who was ahead of what the church wanted him to be. And so he was then villainized as a result. 
of that that forward thinking that that yeah. that heretical thinking of like not this is this isn't something done by god this is something that right. man has harnessed which makes it offensive mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's that that's my story it wasn't long but it was nice no it was i mean it was like almost an hour <laughs> i mean a lot of that was me dicking around though and making so? fun of you and how is that and different I'm- than normal and I'm waiting for you to do the outro. I'm. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today while we discussed the web of history, folklore, and other bullshit surrounding Frankenstein's castle. And now we want to hear from you. <laughs> Send us your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a story, we just ask that you put listener's story in the subject line so you can sort through those a little more easily. Have you ever been to Castle von Frankenstein? Yeah. I'd like to hear about it. Sprechende Deutsch. You have pictures? Did you get married there? Did you have your 10th birthday there? Yeah, did you have your weird little 10th birthday there? <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or on our personal accounts, Roy Rampage and Calamity Casey. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roy Rampage. We are on Facebook. Search for the Strange Unusual Podcast. Uh, of course, Roy is streaming. <laughs> Always and forever. Twitch.tv slash Royal Rampage. Uh, go and congratulate her again on getting affiliate. Uh, you can join us over on Patreon.com slash Strange Unusual. Again, we are doing polls. We are doing watch parties. We have a book club. We're having a great time. What are you doing? Like, you should be there, right? It's only $2 a month. It's only less than a gallon of gas and a dozen eggs. <laughs> just saying but if you can't support us financially because i do know how much a gallon of gas costs and a dozen eggs cost uh just shout us out to your friends share us with your enemies share us with your favorite bus driver um and we would really appreciate it if you would uh give us stars where there are stars are where those giving them are appropriate and reviewing us where that is also appropriate do we have any new reviews we do not it's still the same two uh one stars Ah, they, didn't, nuts. they didn't they didn't update it again mr binky <laughs> also this month we need to shout out to a dear friend katie thank you for joining patreon.com slash unusual and supporting us your help is appreciated hope you're enjoying all of our little book chats and and the memes and my constant yeah. updates about Lori fellow which are coming to a which podcast episode coming. near you <laughs> And I think I did an excellent outro. Do you? Yes. Bye.